Hello, this is Andy, and you're listening to Federal Andy. Merrick B. Garland is the current Attorney General of the United States of America. He once stated, quote, The rule of law means that the law treats each of us alike. There is not one rule for friends, another for foes, one rule for the powerful, another for the powerless. End quote. On Friday, November the 18th, U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland announced the appointment of a special counsel to look into Donald Trump's possible participation in the planning of the January 6th insurrection attack on the U.S. Capitol and on his possession of documents that belong to the government that he is not entitled to keep in his possession as a former president. These documents were found at his winter residence in Palm Beach, Florida, known as Mar-a-Lago. A special counsel is also known as a special prosecutor or an independent counsel. Those terms have been used in the past. And basically what that means is that a lawyer has been appointed or chosen to investigate and to potentially prosecute a particular incident of suspected wrongdoing for which a possible conflict of interest could exist for the authority that would normally prosecute such a thing. So here in the United States, we normally have district attorneys who will work with prosecutors at a local level to prosecute crimes that happen locally. And the Attorney General of the United States is chosen by the sitting president to head up the Department of Justice. And the Department of Justice is the entity that is charged with doing investigations and prosecutions of people or events on a federal level. In this case, because Donald Trump is a Republican and the current sitting president, Joe Biden, is a Democrat, some people are going to say that presents a conflict of interest because Joe Biden 
theoretically could be the challenger to Donald Trump, or perhaps a better example is that Donald Trump could be a challenger to Joe Biden's reelection in 2024, since Trump has now announced his candidacy for the 2024 election. And since Merrick Garland was chosen by Joe Biden, they want to take Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice that he controls kind of out of the picture. And it is a little controverted because Merrick Garland ultimately, along with top officials within the Department of Justice, ultimately they are the ones who will decide if charges should be filed and if Trump should be prosecuted for his actions. So they're not completely out of the picture because there is a chain of command that has to be followed. But the hope is that since the investigation and the recommendations to Merrick Garland and the top DOJ officials are coming from an independent Council, a special counsel, that it would not be politically motivated. And in this case, Merrick Garland was the person who chose the lawyer who will be the special counsel, which I will talk about later in this podcast. And if for some reason the attorney general has to recuse himself or herself from the situation, whoever steps in to take their place in this instance would be responsible for choosing a special counsel. And special counsels happen fairly frequently in the United States. There was a special counsel during the Watergate era back in the early 1970s. And there have been other special counsels over the years. I seem to recall that there was one during the Waco, Texas, uh, when there was uh, the FBI, I believe, burned a bunch of buildings when there was like a religious cult and... I believe there was a special counsel about that. And I think that they had a special counsel during the, uh, I believe it was the um, Valerie Plame incident as well, where she was a covert CIA agent that was outed by a member of President George W. Bush's administration. It was actually, I think, uh, Scooter Libby who was actually Donald Rums? No, he was um, Dick Cheney's uh, in, in Dick Ch- Vice President Dick Cheney's office. So, what constitutes the responsibilities of a special counsel, and what type of authority do they have? Back in 1999, the attorney general at the time was a 
woman by the name of Janet Reno, and she oversaw the Department of Justice. And they created some regulations for the future appointment of special counsels. And those regulations pretty much are in effect today as well. Uh, The Code of Federal Regulations, Title 28, Part 600, restrict the power to fire uh, the special counsel into the hands of the attorney general alone. And they also forbid the firing of the special counsel without good cause. And there are a bunch of other laws and regulations surrounding that as well. The decision to appoint a special counsel rests with the attorney general or the acting attorney general in the case of a recusal of the attorney general. And currently, special counsel regulations specify that the attorney general, or in cases in which the attorney general is recused, the current acting attorney general will appoint a special counsel when he or she determines that the criminal investigation of a person or a matter is warranted and, number one, that investigation or prosecution of that person or matter by a United States attorney's office or litigating division of the Department of Justice would present a conflict of interest for the department or other extraordinary circumstances and Two, that under the circumstances, it would be in the public interest to appoint an outside special counsel to assume responsibility for the matter. And as I said, we will discuss the person that has been chosen. I will tell you that this person is a male and is a registered independent, so they're not a Republican or a Democrat. And honestly, the folks who support Donald Trump, I don't think there's anything that anybody could possibly do to make them happy as far as an investigation goes, other than to just announce that they're not going to investigate anything because he is the second coming of Jesus Christ and he can't do anything wrong, and that anybody who questions anything he does or says is doing the work of Satan. That, to me, describes a cult, which is a completely different problem. But I believe that this is an attempt to put aside some of the concerns and some of the complaints that we most definitely will hear from the Trump supporters, despite the fact that everybody saw what happened on television. It's really, really hard to believe that what happened on January 6th didn't occur because of of things that Donald Trump said and did that led up to it. And we have people who were involved in January 6th who have testified in court under oath that they did it because Donald Trump 
told him to do it, wanted him to do it. And I'm sorry, but when you're the president of the United States, the words that you speak have more importance than the average citizen. So you have to be very careful. And if you misspeak, that's fine. That happens to everybody. But you have to correct it when you do. You have to come back and say, yesterday I said so-and-so and the what I meant was this, and it was interpreted a different way, and the interpretation is wrong. That's not what I meant. This is what I meant to say. We're all human. We all make mistakes, but you have to correct your mistakes when you are the president of the United States of America, which pretty much makes you the most important or most powerful person in the world. So that's where we're at. And the concerns that I have about a special counsel are that this is going to slow down the process because we are already almost two years into this. Granted, it hasn't been two years since the documents were seized at Mar-a-Lago under court order. But it's we're going on, what is it, 22 months now since the insurrection on January the 6th, 2021. And I would guess that the Department of Justice started looking into that pretty quickly after it happened. I would certainly hope so. Of course, at that point, it would have been Trump's people so maybe it didn't happen quite that quickly, but we're two years into this, and now we are two years away from another presidential election. So time is of the essence, because I don't think anybody wants to elect a president who is under investigation for crimes that, if convicted, would prevent him, prohibit him from holding office. And I'm going to guess that just the fact that he wins, if he does, God help us all, if you believe in God, <laughs> uh, if he wins, they would have to remove him from office. That's, that's in the Constitution. So we'd end up with uh, whoever the vice president is. I guess we need to pay attention to who he decides to have as a running mate. At any rate, the information that I have heard is that they are going to try to continue the same pace and try to basically hit the ground running with this and get up to speed very, very quickly so that they can continue on and we're not going to have a big delay because of the appointment of a special counsel. I wanted to add this before I did any editing and got this thing ready to publish. 
I wanted to point out that special counsel, it is C-O-U-N-S-E-L. I think a lot of people think of counsel like city council, C-O-U-N-C-I-L. It's kind of a different thing. But they just announced that the special counsel that will be overseeing the criminal investigations uh, into uh, former President Donald Trump is a man by the name of Jack Smith. And Mr. Smith is the former chief prosecutor for the special court in The Hague. And that is um, where he investigated war crimes in Kosovo. And according to the um, um, comments that uh, Garland made at the Justice Department earlier, he, Garland said that Smith, quote, has built the reputation as an impartial and determined prosecutor, end quote. So he uh, seems to be, uh, I would say, probably a good choice. I'm not really familiar with this guy, but um, I'm glad to see that it's moving quickly. After all, it hasn't even been a week since Donald Trump announced that he was going to run for the presidency again. And I have to say, and I'm not the only one that feels this way, I've talked to quite a few people who feel the same way, and they are really shocked that someone in the situation that Donald Trump is in with all of these investigations, all of these issues, and there's a lot of documentation to back up what has happened. Despite what Donald Trump or his attorneys might want you to believe, the Department of Justice and the January 6th Committee have a lot of evidence to back up these investigations. I'm really, really shocked that someone in that position is eligible to run for the presidency of the United States. And even if convicted, could theoretically continue his campaign from prison and be elected the president. Seems to me like maybe we need to make some changes to some of these laws in the country, huh? So uh, anyway, uh, the Justice Department uh, officials have been wondering, you've know, been debating for uh, a few weeks, and we've all been wondering whether or not they are going to uh, appoint a special counsel, and apparently today it is official. Very troubling. That is what former Vice President Mike Pence said about Merrick Garland's decision to appoint a special counsel to look into and take over the investigations surrounding the extent of Trump's involvement in the January 6th riot or insurrection or domestic terrorist attack on the U.S. Capitol and the alleged mishandling by former President Trump of sensitive government documents that were found at his Mar-a-Lago winter residence in Palm Beach. 
Mike Pence was speaking at the Republican Jewish Coalition's annual leadership conference, and he said, quote, the appointment of a special counsel is very troubling. No one is above the law, but I am not sure it's against the law to take bad advice from your lawyers, end quote. So apparently, Mike Pence is going to blame all of this stuff that happened to Trump, or I guess all of the actions, I should say, that Trump took. He's going to blame it on Trump's lawyers. So Trump's lawyers are going to take the hit, I guess. Yeah. You would think that Mike Pence would support an investigation. After all, the insurrectionists set up a gallows outside the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. And they were looking for Mike Pence. I was under the impression they were looking for him and Nancy Pelosi and other top government officials because they planned on assassinating them. Wouldn't you think that Mike Pence, who is surely aware of this plot at this point, would welcome an investigation and would want whoever was behind it to be held accountable? I would think Mike Pence would be very troubled about the fact that he was targeted by these folks. And Pence added, quote, the timing of this decision, just a few short days after the president announced his intention to seek re-election, I think that the history of it, the facts that I am aware of behind it, I think it is very troubling, end quote. Mike Pence is probably one of the biggest cowards I can think of right now. He is a man who represents himself as a Christian family man, but he truly has no morals, no values, and is apparently prepared to keep his mouth shut about things that he knows that would help hold the people accountable for the things that have happened. The Trump years were not good years for the United States of America, despite what the Republicans want you to believe. Trump inherited a pretty good economy and immediately started taking steps to undermine the things that would be beneficial to the American people at large. Tax cuts that are temporary to most but permanent to the wealthiest people in the country are not really helpful. Maybe in the short term a little helpful, but why do the millionaires and the billionaires get to keep their tax cuts while everybody else doesn't? It's not fair. It's not right. And the things that he said, the things that he did, 
it, it was the entire four years that Donald Trump was in the White House were an absolute disgrace. And history will look back on that period of time as a huge stain on the country, an indelible stain that cannot be removed. So, <laughs> we don't even know if Mike Pence is planning on running for the presidency in 2024. He didn't want to come out and say if he would support Trump. If Trump were the nominee, he commented that he thought or he hoped that there would be better candidates than Trump. But he's not saying he's not going to support him. So that right there tells me that Mike Pence is definitely not a good candidate for the presidency because he doesn't have the spine or the backbone or the values or the morals or the courage to be the president of the United States. We heard from former Vice President Mike Pence and, of course, former President Donald Trump had to put in his one cent as well. And his first real response to the appointment of a special counsel was made at his President Trump's, former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort Friday night, it would have been last night, at a big gala. He has galas. And he was speechifying to everybody, and he queried during his speech why there had not been an investigation into, quote, all of the other presidents that preceded me, end quote. And I believe it was specifically mentioned George H.W. Bush and George W. Bush and Barack Obama. Trump claimed that these previous presidents kept documents that's a quote. And he also said, quote, in one case, they had it in a Chinese restaurant with broken windows. And in another case, they had a Chinese restaurant connected to a bowling alley. This is where the documents were kept. They took documents with them. President Obama took documents, end quote. Now, all of these things have been debunked. And if you're nice about it, that's the word you're going to use. That's been debunked, or you're going to say that the claims that Trump made during his speech are false. Well, they're lies. They're outright lies. And Trump knows they're lies. The National Archives and Records Administration, also known as NARA, said back in August that Barack Obama did not take the documents 
that Trump claimed he had taken. NARA said that it had removed documents from the Obama administration to a NARA-managed facility in the Chicago area near where Obama's presidential library is being built. And NARA followed up again in October when Trump added other past presidents to his <laughs> BS rhetoric that neither of the Bushes took any of the documents that Trump claimed they had taken. Again, it was NARA that took the Bushes' presidential documents to facilities that NARA managed and stored them near the future locations of their presidential libraries. So, there is no equivalence whatsoever between Donald Trump's current situation, in which he has allegedly taken hundreds of classified documents, plus numerous other records, presidential records, to his Mar-a-Lago resort <laughs> for <laughs> safekeeping? No, because they weren't stored in a secure environment. And those documents, if he wanted to have access to them, I'm sure that there must be some protocol that would have allowed him to refer back to them if he wanted to write a book or whatever. But no, the Bushes and President Obama did not just put whatever they wanted in a box when they left the White House and take them with them to put them wherever they wanted to. Uh, the... National Archives and Records Administration handled all of that, which is the way it is supposed to be done. And Trump used his speech on Friday to deliver more criticisms of Merrick Garland's decision to appoint the special counselor, uh, special counsel, and you really can't believe anything that Donald Trump says. He almost talks as if he are is completely unhinged and doesn't have any connection to reality whatsoever. And it's like he doesn't understand that there are ways to verify that what he is saying is not true. But he has spent so much time telling his supporters and everybody else who will listen that you can't trust the media and you can't trust the government and you can't trust this, that he's the only one you can trust. And apparently, a lot of people still believe him, even though many of the things he said happened didn't happen or the things he said didn't happen did happen, some of them on television, so, believe what you're told, 
not your own eyes and ears. It's un unreal. But <laughs> it's 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 just insane, folks. It's just insane what's going on. So that's the latest as of this is it's Saturday morning and it is uh, about 10:30 my time and I'm going to try to get this published as soon as possible. I had hoped to have it uh, published yesterday, but I had to re-record parts of it because I had so many interruptions and so many distractions. And when I get distracted, I have this, well, it's highly annoying to me when I listen to myself, but I will say, um, or, uh, because I've been distracted and I'm trying to remember where I'm coming from and where I want to go. And in the process of the distraction and trying to determine what I need to say next, I don't even realize I'm doing it, but I'll say, uh, or, um, and I know most people or a lot of people do that, but I do it more frequently than I should. And it just, it just really irks the heck out of me. And I know it's got to be annoying to you as well. I'm aware of it. I'm working on it. I'm trying to get better editing software so I can start editing some of that stuff out like the more professional people do because I know they make mistakes as well. And I'm getting a I, I will be getting another mic that I can adjust the sensitivity to remove some of the background noise and filter out some of the other noises that uh, you don't need to hear. And see, I said, uh, at any rate, thank you for listening. And I hope you guys have a guys and gals have that's that's a saying from the part of the country I live in. I always say guys, but guys to me, when I say it means men and women, but I don't want women to feel I'm not including them. So all of you guys and gals, I hope you have a great Saturday. Probably will not talk to you tomorrow, but we'll try to get something out early in the week before Thanksgiving. So have a great weekend. This is Andy, and I wanted to make a couple of corrections to this podcast before I published it. I went back and tried to edit, but as you know, I'm challenged when it comes to editing these things. So I leave pretty much all of the mistakes in them and try to fix them <laughs> later, which I'm not successful, and so I have to make corrections. The um, Waco, Texas incident that I mentioned previously that required the special counsel or special prosecutor, I think is the way they worded it back then at the time, was uh, the David Koresh and the Branch Davidians. And it happened in 1993. And I mentioned that the FBI, I made it sound like the FBI set their buildings on fire, and that may or may not be correct. 
The siege began on February 28, 1993, when the ATF, Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, raided the Mount Carmel Center. And there was a gun battle that ensued, and that resulted in the deaths of four ATF agents and six of the Branch Davidians. Not long after the initial raid began, the FBI hostage rescue team then took over because if an FBI, if a federal agent is killed, then the FBI is given jurisdiction over that. So the FBI took over and the fire began through circumstances that are not really known. It's disputed how it actually started, but uh, there were several things happening, uh, and uh, they uh, were pumping CS gas into the compound. And then that was about the time that the center caught on fire. I think most people that remember this remember seeing the buildings burning on television. But the the circumstances of how the fire began are apparently still disputed. Nobody really knows, knows for, for sure. And inside the buildings were 79 Branch Davidians who died in the blaze. 21 of them were children under the age of 16. So a very horrible and very tragic incident in American history. And of course, it was not long until we lost more children in the Murrah Federal Building bombing uh, in Oklahoma City. I believe that was in April of 19. 95, and we can thank Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols for that. Uh, and they cited the Waco siege as uh, part of their motivation for the Oklahoma City bombing, which, uh, according to this, was April 19th of 1995. And it was timed to coincide with the second anniversary of the Waco um, assault, which um, is something uh, I think we all remember both of those things pretty well if, if, if we were around at the time. Thank you for listening. I would be grateful to you if you'd subscribe and share this podcast to let your friends and family know about it. You can also find me on Twitter at Federal Andy, and I'd be really grateful if you would follow me. I usually follow back. Be happy, safe, and healthy, and I'll hopefully be talking to you again next week. Mm-hmm.